1: the Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich.
2: Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. How
1: are you? Yeah, day 17 of the war that we're currently fighting, and um, uh, it's really a lot more of the same. Um, a lot of interesting uh, discussion uh, being held about where things are in terms of Operation Swords of Iron. And the I was listening to the conversation that you guys were having a few moments ago mm. before I came on air with you. And one of the comments was, this didn't start on October the 7th. I think Lindy said that. Mm. And um, I, I have a tendency to agree with that. The question is, how far back do we go? Where do we say the starts? And for me... It starts in 1947 at the United Nations when there was a vote on the Palestine Partition Plan. Um, Let's not forget that at that time there was no such thing as Palestinian people. They didn't exist. We had Arabs and we had Jews. And uh, at the United Nations, the proposal was put forward for the then state of Palestine, which was under British protectorate, to be split into an Arab country and a Jewish country. And the uh, United Nations voted in favor of that plan, and the offer was put to the Arabs to establish a country in part of the land, and the offer was put to the Jews to establish a country in part of the plan. And and, um, as I heard somebody uh, so succinctly say, the Jews looked at it and said, what? That's what you're giving us? Really? Okay, we're going to take it. Mm, mm. And the Arabs looked at this and said, what? That's what you're going to give us? We are not going to take it. Because we want, well, do we want everything? Do we want the land? Or is it that we don't want the Jews there? And that's, I think, Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. this particular chapter of the story really begins and where we see it playing out on October the 7th, amongst other things, because that's really just another chapter in this ongoing saga of The Arabs don't want the Jews here, and along the road we have this establishment of a notional people called the Palestinians, and they are people who really are unwanted um, by all the Arab nations. There's no Arab nation who wants to allow those people to live there. In Jordan, where many of them live they have not been afforded citizenship, and many of them live in refugee cab status. And there's been a, a huge a resistance against them taking up any kind of situation position within Jordan. Let's not forget that the grandfather, of the current king, uh, King of Jordan Abdullah, the grandfather, was killed by the so-called Palestinian people, who then were not Palestinian people, but were somehow um, also not in favor with the Jordanians, and we're very much uh, in conflict with the Jordanians. So um, this is a saga that's been running for a long time, and um, what we're seeing now and what we saw on October the 7th is just the latest chapter in a a story which says we don't want the Jews here, and we will do whatever it takes in order to um, somehow get rid of the Mm -hmm. Jews um, from being around here.
2: Anthony, what is the current status of the operation so far? Can I just ask you this? We were talking about this earlier. It's called Operation Swords of Iron. I, I, I don't like the name simply because I don't remember it. Even as I'm saying it, I've got to look the name up. Uh, is it being called that in Israel? Is it being called the October 7th War, the Simchat Torah War? How are people referring to it in the streets and in the papers in Israel?
1: So, officially, it's been called Operation Swords of Iron. Um, there is no real uh, reference to it being the Simcha Torah War or the October 7th War. I know that in the um, English-speaking community, a lot of people are talking about October the 7th. In fact, in America, they like to call it the 10-7. 10-7, um, I've seen that. In order- yeah in order to somehow try and link it to um you know the the events of the what they happened in the United States the nine eleven story um in the united States um so um in Israel officially in the media and in announcements that come out from um the military uh, spokespeople it's being referred to as Operation Swords of Iron. Right. So I Barazel in Hebrew, right. that's the way that it's been referred okay. to. Okay, what
2: is the current status?
1: The current status hasn't changed a great deal since we spoke on Thursday. The events over the weekend um, can be summarized by the release of the two American hostages on Friday evening. Some people um, see it as a somewhat cynical kind of move, but if. Uh, Ultimately, two of the hostages were released. The two people who were released are actually not Israeli residents or citizens at all. These are two people who have a lot of family in Israel and who have very, very strong links to family in Israel. But these are two ladies, a mother and a daughter, who actually live in America and were here on holiday. They were here to celebrate a family member's birthday, and they were here on holiday. They were tourists. In Israel. So they've now been released, and there's no information that's come out about what they experienced or what they know about the other hostages. There was a report that I read which suggested that they'd somehow been held separately, so they weren't really able to tell a great deal about what's happening with the other hostages. Obviously, a lot of concern about the state of the hostages. Many, many stories coming out about the massacre that took place on October the 7th and how that's left communities and people and family, a report that I read about 21 orphans who were created mm-hmm. on October the 7th from 13 families, children who now are uh, young children who now are without parents who were killed during those mass- massacres. Um, operations continue within Gaza. The IDF continues to strike targets within the Gaza Strip and also against Hezbollah on the northern border. There is really, I mean, even though we don't necessarily want to call it a front that has been created on the northern border. That's essentially what we have. We really have a second front that's been opened on the northern border. Uh, Lots and lots of activity. Hezbollah attacks backwards and forwards. Some of the uh, anti-tank missiles that Hezbollah has uh, taken uh, quite a liking to firing towards Israeli positions because Israel doesn't have a very effective Um, defense system against these anti-tank missiles. And there is a certain weakness there, which, of course, Kizvila has detected and is trying to take advantage of. Um, We unfortunately had a report of a death of an Israeli soldier around the Gaza area yesterday, a 19-year-old who was one of those who was involved in trying to collect up some information about what's happened to the hostages that have been taken into Gaza and there was a certain a skirmish that took place around the area of the Gaza Strip, and uh, a, a few Israeli soldiers were injured, and unfortunately, one also was killed in the process. So, of course, um, our condolences go to his family, and uh, um, it's just a, an ongoing tragic situation. Lots and lots of Air Force strikes being carried out both within Lebanon and within the Gaza Strip, um, and also, um, of course, we have this ongoing delay of the ground forces. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to ask you. What
2: is what is going on there? Because there seems to be a lot of speculation, almost uh, frustration on the Israeli side. I worry about the morale of the troops, which uh, which is uh, obviously a, a very important factor in going into a conflict zone. What is what is really happening?
1: So where the ground forces are concerned, there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of writing, a lot of articles written about um, what the issue is with the ground invasion and why it hasn't already taken place. And speculation, I don't think anybody really has anybody at least in the public domain really knows the proper answer. But I read another a piece which uh, went into a few details about why the ground invasion might have been delayed. In the first instance, there was the talk about getting um, the civilian population out of the way, that the um, IDF really wants to attack um, some uh, Hamas targets in the northern end of the Gaza Strip, and tunnels, things that go right like below the ground, and below many, many civilian installations. And in order to do so, there is the requirement to get rid of the civilian population. So that has taken some time. Then there is also the issue of getting the ground forces ready for the ground invasion. I think that they are now ready as ready as they will ever be and so that's no longer an excuse as to why the ground invasion is being delayed perhaps this um, issue of getting civilians out of the way is very significant but uh, many of the civilians have now been moved and the third issue that was raised was um, perhaps the air attacks need to continue for some time in order to kind of soften the impact that the, that the ground invasion will feel when they eventually go in and that the, that the Air Force does have a certain softening impact that maybe needs to continue before the ground forces go in. I can't really comment about that. It seems to me that the Air Force has been extremely active. In bombarding many, many targets and that, you know, I'm not quite yeah. sure how much more of an impact the Air Force might have, but perhaps they still have some work to do. Of course, the other elephant in the room is the influence of the United States government. And it seems as if, though, um, when President Biden visited last week, there was at least an instruction that no ground invasion should take place before his visit He's now been and gone. And even though we will be hosting President Macron from France over the next day or two and other uh, European leaders will be coming and going, I'm not sure whether that is an issue. But it seems as if though, there is a certain strong instruction from the United States about how and when this ground invasion might take place. And there is an increasing feeling on the street that the reason that the ground invasion hasn't taken place right now is because the United States government, for whatever reason, feels that um, we should wait or shouldn't do it right now. Or they are effectively calling the shots about the ground invasion. Of course, there is this issue of humanitarian aid and assistance Um, That has been going on in the south of Gaza. The Rafah crossing was opened, and certain humanitarian assistance has been um, coming into Gaza. Israel has also been supporting and facilitating that to the extent that is possible. And and more than that, there there are some comments that I want to make just to put Mm. the put things into context for listeners about this humanitarianism that is so often quoted. Um, and you know now that we've gone into the phase of the war, which is post massacre, which of course had no humanitarian element at all involved. People have forgotten that because of course we're two weeks past that now, and we're now onto the current state, and we need to talk about humanitarianism and humanitarian acts um, in our current situation. So. Um, Israel, of course, for for reasons which we've discussed over numerous weeks and months and years, somehow gets held to a slightly different standard where humanitarian is concerned, humanitarian aid and acts of humanitarianism is concerned. And the moment uh, came when Almost 1,500 people were massacred in Israel, said the gloves are off and we're going to go in and we're going to do whatever we need to do in order to destroy Hamas infrastructure. problem is that this humanitarian or non-humanitarian organization called Hamas knows that Israel has a new humanitarian side to it and therefore has taken advantage of that humanitarian side in order to Put their military installations within civilian areas, knowing full well that the humanitarian side of Israel will say, We're not going to attack those, uh, infras- that, that Hamas infrastructure, because it risks damaging civilian population, civilian infrastructure, such as hospitals, such as residential areas. That is where Hamas have the infrastructure. And so when Israel is asking people to evacuate and getting civilians out of the area, it's a humanitarian act because what's going to come next is attack against military infrastructure inside the civilian area. And in order to be able to do that without massive civilian casualties, Israel is asking the civilians to evacuate the area so that they can get to the uh, the, the military infrastructure that Hamas has put in those areas. And just one more comment before we go to news because we are running late. Mm. Those people who think that Israel has cut the electricity and the water off need to just look at some of the pictures that are coming out from Gaza hospitals. All the lights are on, guys. There is no evidence of lack of electricity in Gaza right now. For whatever reason, whether it's in, because of Israel or in spite of Israel, right now there is no claim that can be made that Gaza is without electricity.
2: And that is where we leave it. Absolutely fascinating. It's 8 o'clock. Anthony Reich, thank you as always. We'll catch you tomorrow morning for the Israel Update.
0: That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. contact us at www.theblueagency.com.